In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. As we keep today the commemoration of the divine maternity of Our Lady in the midst of this beautiful month of the Holy Rosary, I hope that you have remembered my admonition before this month even began to be very faithful each day in the recitation of your Holy Rosary, either here in church before the Blessed Sacrament, in public as so many of us did yesterday, and in your family. I encouraged you at that time, as I have done on past occasions, by reminding you of how Our Lady has acted in history through the Most Holy Rosary. And I mentioned an episode, which I've mentioned before, and this time several of you approached me saying, you have spoken several times about the actions of Our Lady at Lille Bouchard. None of us know what this is. We cannot even pronounce this name, and we would like you finally to tell us all about Lille Bouchard. So today, my dear children, you may sit back and listen to the history of the apparitions at Lille Bouchard, the history of Our Lady of Prayer. And I hope we will find that this story and this title of Our Lady could not be more poignant or more timely. Thirty years after the apparitions of Our Lady at Fatima, the world had witnessed the fulfillment of some of the darkest portions of the Virgin's prophecy. After a 20-year pause, during, the world, during which the world turned itself more and more from Christ, the Great War was followed by an even more terrible war, which left the entire globe grieving over the unprecedented loss of human life. Russia had been spreading its errors, that is, the godless doctrine of communism, ever since 1917. The Second World War, however, saw Russia emerge as a superpower, ready to spread Marxism to every corner of the earth by espionage, conspiracy, and force of arms. The countries of Eastern Europe were liberated from the fearful swastika, only to be subjugated to the cruel hammer and sickle. Western Europe was in ruins, exhausted from six years of bloodshed, and seemed powerless to halt the advance of the Red Horde. Half of Germany was already behind the Iron Curtain, and it appeared to many observers that 1947 would not come to a close before other Western nations were added to the Soviet bloc, most especially Fair France. It's not that Rusky tanks were about to roll over the border. The goal of the communists was to destroy France from within, and there was no better time to strike than now. The post-war republic was fragile, and France was on the verge of financial collapse. Inflation had soared to over 60 percent. A huge portion of the working populace seemed more inclined to ally themselves with Stalin's Russia than to accept the American handouts of the Marshall Plan. Over three million workers went on strike. Communist agitators took their orders from Moscow and engaged in acts of sabotage all over the country throughout the spring and summer of 1947. Trains were derailed, food supplies cut off, military arsenals seized. 
The revolutionaries only awaited orders from the Kremlin as to the right moment to topple the government and take power. Italy would fall as well, and soon after, the entire West. This dire situation consumed the thoughts of a certain French priest named Father Georges Finet. Father Finet was spiritual director to the holy woman, Mat Robin. Paralyzed from the waist down due to an illness at the age of 21, Mat Robin's frail state obliged her to remain confined to her bedroom for the rest of her life. From 1930 until her death in 1981, she lived off no other food than the Blessed Eucharist. She received the stigmata, and every Friday she relived all the sufferings of Calvary in her own body. This victim soul and mystic, whom we now honor as Venerable Matrobin, was visited by many illustrious personages over the course of the 20th century, seeking spiritual counsel. On December 8, 1947, Feast of the Immaculate Conception, Father Finet was celebrating Holy Mass at the altar in the bedroom of Matrobin. After the conclusion of Holy Mass, the priest shared with Matrobin the thoughts that were weighing down his heart. He explained to her that France, eldest daughter of the Church, was likely to fall any day now into the darkness of communism. Fear not, she immediately replied. France is about to be saved by the prayers of little children. Little did Father Finet know that Marc Robin's prophecy was being fulfilled at the very moment she uttered those words. As the two of them conversed in her house in southeastern France, an obscure village in the middle of the country was about to be graced by the appearance of the Queen of Heaven, come to deliver France from its mortal peril. This village is called Lille Bouchard, and the parish church is Saint-Gilles, Saint Giles, the patron saint of crippled people. It was not the first time that Saint Giles had been called upon to aid poor crippled France. This humble church had been visited over 500 years before by none other than Saint Joan of Arc on her way to see the king and obtain an army for the liberation of France. On December 8, 1947, it is four young girls who would find themselves in that parish church. Jacqueline and Jeannette Aubry, Nicole Robin, and Laura Coison. Jacqueline, at age 12, was the oldest of the four. She had chronic infections in her eyes due to conjunctivitis and was almost completely blind, having to use very thick glasses. All four girls were from families who were Catholic but non-practicing and anti-clerical. These four girls attended the church next to the, the school next to the church. On that day, one of the nuns at the school implored the children to pray for the protection of France. The four girls decided to do as they were asked and went into the parish church on their lunch break. They planned to say one decade of the rosary in front of the altar of Our Lady. They blessed themselves and got through only four Hail Marys 
when a sudden light appeared, and they saw a beautiful lady with an angel kneeling beside her. The girls cried out, Oh, la belle dame! Oh, le bel ange! Oh, the beautiful lady! Oh, the beautiful angel! At the lady's feet, they saw the words, O Mary, conceive without sin. Pray for us who have recourse to thee. After a short while, the lady and the angel disappeared. The girls returned to school and told people what they had seen. The nuns advised them not to speak of it further, and the parish priest refused to believe them. Even though each girl was questioned separately, and all four gave precisely the same account of the event. Later that day, the girls returned to church. This time, the lady and the angel were there waiting for them. They knelt down in front of her, and her expression became very sad. She said, Tell the children to pray for France, for her need is great. The youngest one, Jeanette, then asked her, Êtes-vous notre maman du ciel? Are you our heavenly mother? Oui, she replied, je suis votre maman du ciel. Yes, I am your mother from heaven. The oldest one, Jacqueline, then asked about the angel, and the angel himself replied, I am the archangel Gabriel. Our lady then kissed each of their hands and told them to return at 5 p.m. that day and at 1 the next day. The nuns told the girls to write an account of what they had seen which was given to the parish priest. When they went back to the church at five, the priest was offering rosary and benediction. The girls saw Our Lady the whole time they said the rosary, but she disappeared at the moment of benediction with the Blessed Sacrament. After benediction, once the Blessed Sacrament was reposed, the priest prayed, O Mary, conceive without sin, pray for France. At that moment, the Blessed Virgin and the angel reappeared to the girls. At their rendezvous the next day at 1 p.m., the Blessed Virgin asked each girl to kiss the beautiful golden cross on her rosary. As others in the church witnessed, Jacqueline, sick and frail as she was, lifted the three smaller girls into the air without any effort so they could kiss the rosary. Again, the lady told them, pray for France which in these days is in great danger. She then asked them to tell the priest to come the next day at 2 p.m. with all the children and a crowd to pray. She also requested that a grotto be built containing a statue of her and the angel. The priest refused to come, but the girls were in church at 2 p.m. with 50 other people. After a decade of the rosary, the virgin appeared as before. She asked for continued prayers and hymns in her honor and to return every day at 1 p.m. until all was over. Later that afternoon, the parish priest finally decided to contact his archbishop to inform him of what was going on. The archbishop had his own news for his country priest. The communists had suddenly called off the general strike in France. All hostilities had ceased and peace had returned. On December 10th, Jacqueline asked for a miracle so that all would believe in the apparitions. Our Lady told her that the next day she would wake up with her eyes completely healed. 
Sure enough, the next morning, Jacqueline woke up with her eyes in perfect condition. She no longer even needed glasses. Now her parents, unbelievers as they were, and the parish priest had no further doubts. The Blessed Virgin had descended among them, and conversions in the area began to abound. Our Lady continued to appear to the girls each day of that week. The seventh and final day of the apparitions was Sunday, December 14th. Over 2,000 people were crowded into the church, with many more outside. Our Lady told the girls to pray and make sacrifices, and continued to pray the rosary. Again, Jacqueline asked for a sign, so that all those who were present would believe in the apparitions. Our Lady replied, Before I go, I will send a bright ray of sunlight. 2,000 people were there to witness that day a ray of sunlight enter through one of the church windows and curve through the church, becoming stronger and stronger until the entire church was flooded with light. Soon after, a high government official journeyed to Lille Bouchard to meet the girls, and in front of the entire town, he declared, France was saved by the prayers of these four girls and by the people here who prayed at the feet of the Virgin Mary. The grotto requested by Our Lady was put into place by Christmas of that year. Lille Bouchard was designated by the Archbishop as a legitimate apparition and place of pilgrimage, declaring that Our Lady should be called upon here under the title of Our Lady of Prayer. Well, my children, now you have heard the story of Lille Bouchard, and I hope you see that Our Lady of Prayer is someone we urgently need to call upon as well. Most of us will never journey to that obscure village in France and be able to make a pilgrimage at the site where these wondrous events occurred. But nothing can stop any one of us from getting on our knees and imploring the intercession of Our Lady of the Immaculate Conception, to whom this country is consecrated, and imploring her intercession, especially under the title of Our Lady of Prayer. Surely, at this time, when our nation needs such intercession more than ever, we should not hesitate to fly to Our Lady, who has appeared in our times and brought such hope in time of such dire need. O Mary, conceived without sin, Our Lady of Prayer, pray for us, pray for this nation, consecrated to Thee. Intercede for America. Amen.